I thought you said you had a haircut. I did. <laughs> why is it? Why do you laugh at that? Because I'm aware that it looks a little wild <laughs> right now. Um, so what did they cut it or did they add hair extensions? They cut it. I paid $90 for it. $90? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Even I mine's know. like $60. Well, I'll tell you my ration rationale behind that. Uh, so I was getting a bit frustrated with how it was looking because it was like su- super thick, super curly. Pretty much impossible to tame. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> That's funny if you could see how I look now. Um, and Emma said, you know what? I, I, I haven't had my hair cut in probably three or four months. So Emma said, why don't you pay a bit extra? Go to this salon that I go to. Um, I just, and wanted, just wanted a, a little snapshot there for, for future reference. <laughs> um, so I went to this place, paid a bit extra. A bit um, extra, ninety dollars. Yeah. How much do you normally pay yeah. for a haircut? Uh, well, I've not really paid over. Th- I think forty was the previous. Yeah, you went highest all out. amount, which is also steep. Yeah. Um. So I paid ninety dollars. They gave you a puppy. What? So already alarm bells to keep of that to hold on your lap. Ah. Oh. Which I didn't want, by the no, way. No, no one asked, wants a puppy on your lap for like half no. an hour. It'll piss no. on you. Exactly. Um, I And also the puppy didn't want to be there. And I was thinking, if you're giving me a puppy, like, is this where the money's going in? Because I don't and care about the hold puppy. Hold on. Yet. It's going to be covered in hair. It's going to be sitting yeah. there and you're going to be just shedding, like, dandruff and hair bits onto an animal, which is then going to be placed onto someone else's lap. You're just, like, sharing lice with people. This is insanity. Yeah. It's apparently trendy. <laughs> um, they offered they offered you a craft beer. Well, that's yeah, played, that's standard. You should be able to drink when you get a haircut. They were playing um, house music. It was. It felt like Zoolander. It felt like I was in a <laughs> Zoolander movie. It really did. Anyway, um, I I didn't really know what I. I just said, "Can you help me? I want to keep growing it out. Can you help me shape it and stuff?" And she was like, "Yeah, well, well." well take a bit of weight out the back so they did take a little bit out the back and stuff give me give me a bit of a fill me in on on this hairdresser what's the uh what demographic are we talking here is it like a a 16 year old trainee is it like a 45 year old experience like did you go for a top of the line you know three star chef i didn't choose it but apparently you'll probably be interested in this I was talking to her. She was probably about my age, probably about 30. Okay. Um, pretty cool looking. She had just cool looking hair. come off the movie um, she was wearing Preacher. Sunglasses. Where she, was, she was doing the hair and makeup for Preacher, the show. Oh, nice. Which was filming in Melbourne. In, in Melbourne. Did she so, do Dominic Cooper's hair? You asked me this before. I don't know who that is. You I, do no, know who Dominic I don't know. Cooper is. Did she do Ruth no. Negger's Nick. You don't know any actors. I don't know. I don't know. I do know that Seth Rogen produced that movie, though. It's a TV series. Yes. What's the difference between a show and a TV series? Uh, one lasts for 40 hours. <laughs> huh? 
One lasts for 40 hours. It's it's four seasons. Which one? Preacher. What's the sh- what's a show then? Preacher is a show. A movie lasts for two hours. Yeah, I said show or TV series. Oh, I thought you said show or movie. No, you said movie. Mm. You said produce I don't know, that I movie. Probably did you said produce that movie? Probably. Yeah, whatever. Okay, we'll, we'll play back the tapes. I do know that Seth Rogen produced that movie though. Produced that movie though. That movie though. Movie though. Anyway, yeah. So I just wasted $90. Well, it looks fine. Like you haven't, you haven't wasted it. It's, it's not as bad as going there, paying $90 and coming out and it looking worse. It just, it, it doesn't look like you had a haircut. That's the only thing. I mean, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. That's yeah. I'm kind of not, I mean, I was doing that man bun thing the last, po- and look, that's just not me. I tried it for two days, and I'm like, I was in the mall, and I was just looking at myself, and I was just like, what are you doing? I think the clue you're would not- have been when you sent your girlfriend out to get the uh, elastics yeah. for it. If you're not confident yeah. enough to get that sorted yourself, probably not going to be rocking the hairstyle, are you? Probably not. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's all a learning yeah. experience. I'm glad that, here's my question, did they, um, when you did you... Get your hair washed, presumably. Yeah. Um, did the seats that you were on were they uh, uh, like massage chairs? No. Ooh, you should have spent a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> my hairdresser. My hairdresser <laughs> has thinking. massage chairs. I bet it does. Hey, your beard's looking. Your beard. You know what, Nick? Mm-hmm. I don't often give you compliments. It's <laughs> very true. No, was it? Oh. <laughs> 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 no, um, you do look. I gotta say, I do. Don't, no, don't undermine a the, good joke. A, don't undermine a good joke with some compassion and empathy. No, I'm, I'm, I'm doing both. Okay, well, that's. Um, I do like you more with a fuller beard. I think you look quite dashing. Well, thank you. It's winter. I'm in hibernation mode, and my cheeks get cold if I don't have a beard. I'm not. Yeah. Do you um oil? Use some oil? No. I, I I wash my face every night and I feel like basic cleanliness is enough. I don't need to like go through the oiling and the combing and that kind of shit. I don't think it's long enough for it to really deserve it. Well, well, you say that. I mean, maybe not the combing, but, you know, get a $5 beard oil in there and you'll, you'll notice a difference. It'll soften it up. It'll feel nice. The, the can I use will, uh... can I use vegetable oil because I've got a big jug of it at the kitchen counter that I have not been getting rid of, and if I can find some other use for it, um, it hasn't really helped me in the bedroom, uh, but maybe on the beard. Huh? Can I use some vegetable oil that on about... my beard? What was that about the bedroom? So it what hasn't really helped me in the bedroom. Um, yeah. What are you using it for in the bedroom? Just to soften up the sheets. Just I okay. I prefer to have sex when uh, the sheets are already wet. Yeah. Okay. And like slimy. Yeah. I get that. Slime. Yeah, just slimy yeah, sex. just sort of slimy sex. Yeah, I get that. Uh, welcome to Deep Ford, everybody. Uh, that's my parody of Michael parodying my intros to Deep Ford. Uh, this is a podcast in which we just 
we just look into each other's eyes and vibe out what needs to be said. Uh, sitting through the internet with me, Michael Zabrecki. Say hi. Hello. 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 And my name's Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi. Um, can we... I was uh, listening back to, to the last one and I was listening back to when I did the intro and then I realized that, you know what, that's, you should do it, Nick. Oh, that's very um, democratic of you. It's honest. I, I don't have my my voice. There's not enough energy in my voice. I had this problem when I was um, studying journalism when it was well, and we had to do the piece to cameras, and I had to do the uh, the talking into a microphone <laughs> and talking over the, my... I had to do the... Um... The 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 talking. Um, you Adam Sandler now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You've got you've got a good energy to your voice, and I concede that will not be my job after. Hey, hey, twenty episodes was it? Don't put yourself down. You bring other things to this podcast. And we'll find out what they are. Irrepressible, irrepressible energy. A complete, a complete lack of respect for me. And a diligent... That is valuable. A diligent note-taking. All right. I'll take it. We're just sharing compliments this episode. Um, can you keep your mouth close to the mic? I'm just sick. As I'm if. sick of. I'm sick of fucking leveling you for. Okay, don't <laughs> don't fucking blow it. Jesus Christ! Um, I wonder if I'd be good at sucking a dick. <laughs> like, is it hard? Like, is it? <laughs> Hopefully. Well, let me try and imagine it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> this has already gone off the rails so quickly. Uh, no, you know why I'd suck at it because. Um, because I can't really breathe that well out of my nostrils. <laughs> well, I mean, look, have you ever tried to play the bagpipes? You get a circular breathing thing going on. That sounds so hard. It does. I don't, yeah, I don't know that that's a necessary skill. <laughs> well, probably not. <laughs> uh, or you could get some kind of, like, your classic uh, grandfather-style uh, oxygen tank and, and nose tube, just hook mm-hmm. that in, set it up, get going, you know, bob down, Bob's your uncle. I dig it. Uh, things to try. Plenty, plenty of, uh, yeah, plenty of good ideas here. Um, speaking of fulfilling your dreams, uh, this week, shall we talk about sleep? Let's talk about Sleep, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about the last person and the band and the We uh, don't have the rights. Now that... We don't have the rights. Um, uh, there's a there's sort of two two fields of sleep here that I, I think we want to touch on. You're quite keen to talk dreams, and I just by pure coincidence today was reading an article about uh, the importance of sleep. Uh, biologically and what it does for you um in a, a health sense so uh where do you want to start which one which one does you tickles you we'll more start with yours let's go from the science and into the um 
pseudoscience. <laughs> yeah, sure. Alrighty, this is uh, this comes from the famous Wired.com, and it's a uh, fairly alarmist headline. Let us enjoy it together. It says, "You're not getting enough sleep, and it's killing you." Uh, the whole world is exhausted, and it's killing us. Uh, this was a uh, uh, an article summarizing the uh, TED talk by a guy called Matthew Walker, a neuroscientist. Um, and basically, uh, he's, he's the author of a book called Why We Sleep. He's an expert at sleep from UC Berkeley. Um, and he was giving a TED talk, which I will locate and put in the uh, links for this uh, podcast chapter, if you'd like to go watch it. Um, but uh, here, here's his summary. He says the the decimation of sleep throughout industrialized nations is having a catastrophic impact on our health, our wellness, even the safety and education of our children. It's a silent sleep loss epidemic and fast becoming one of the greatest challenges we face in the 21st century. Um, here's some of the ways in which sleep deprivation hurts you. It makes you dumber, more forgetful, unable to learn new things, more vulnerable to dementia, more likely to die of a heart attack, less able to fend off sickness with a strong immune system, more likely to get cancer, and it makes your body literally hurt more. It distorts your genes, increases your risk of death generally, disrupts the creation of sex hormones like estrogen and testosterone, and leads to premature aging. Apparently, men who only sleep five hours a night have markedly smaller testicles than men who sleep more than seven. It will leak down, sleep loss will leak down into every nook and cranny of your physiology. It is unfortunately not an optional lifestyle luxury. It is a non-negotiable biological necessity. That's uh, that's that's a top level summary of it all. Uh, but I find many aspects of that fascinating. So I suppose a good place as any to start is to ask, what's your sleep routine? Hmm. My, I've typically not gotten eight hours on average throughout the week. And it's not been a priority for me because I'm a bit of a night owl. And I also find that I don't really... Like if I don't, if I get like six or six hours sleep or five hours sleep, like I'll be, I'll be a bit tired, but it's, it's always doable. And I always like, it's always fine. You can soldier through Whereas, it. Yeah. Emma, Emma and I have this, have, have had this chat recently and, and she basically, <laughs> she basically cannot function if she gets less than seven or eight hours sleep, ideally 10. Um, and is Trump that is that well. is that a joke or is that true? Would she would no, she no, no, would she true. better function at ten? Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. ten's she quite a lot. Finds it unbearable. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also saw this thing with Donald Trump and George Stephanopoulos. This interview and George Stephanopoulos asked him how many hours of sleep he gets, and he said, "Oh, about five. Yeah, and that's good. That's enough. And I think some people can just function on. I mean, it might be like the article says, uh, might be killing you. But I, th- I think functionality is uh, varies between person. I think that's totally true. I think some people just have a better um, a better ability to push through it. Um, and and in fact, it's funny you say Trump because um, this article also say um, Barack Obama said he only slept about five hours. Um, Tim Cook from Apple reportedly wakes up at like three forty five to start work three forty five a.m. Um, Elon Musk and Donald Trump say they sleep only a few hours a night. 
Um, but Musk has also admitted that that was taking a toll on his mental health and his life. Um, and and basically one of the arguments that um, this guy uh, Walker is putting forward is that uh, we need to stop thinking that needing sleep is a sign of weakness or laziness because it's actually the opposite. Yeah, I think there is a bit of that tied into it. It's like... Um... It's maybe seeing it's associated like, it with like macho-ness almost. Yeah, or yeah. like opportunity cost. Like why 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 are you just like sitting there doing nothing with your eyes closed when you could be inventing the next grey like car? Yeah, I someone said I, I, I don't, I don't day, agree with that, but I think that's their their sort of perspective, <clears throat> right? Yeah, um, someone was talking on some show that I was watching, and. They said something like, oh, they didn't want to, they were staying at a hotel and the housekeepers, they felt judged by the, um, by the housekeepers, by the cleaners of the hotel because they asked them, they came at 9am to clean the room and they were like, oh, can you come back at 11? Um, and they felt judged by that, but as if like, as if everyone's going to bed at the same time, like it's kind of like if you're not waking up at eight or nine a.m. you're lazy no matter what time you go to bed yeah well i had that same sort of um uh, not with any real um animosity to it but when we were working at the cinemas you and i we'd both regularly finish work at midnight and then by the time you drove home and you you watched a bit of tv and you had a bite to eat you probably go to bed at like two or later which means even if you're getting like a minimum of eight hours that means you're waking up at 10 a.m and there was always a little bit of this kind of like running joke in the family where it's like, oh, yeah, Nicky, he sleeps until 10 or 11 and then he gets up and, yeah. you know, oh, has Nick seen the morning today or is it always just afternoon? And it's like, yeah. what are you talking about? I've, I've still got the same amount of sleep as you. I just went to bed later. And I think that's saying yeah. that as night hours, as you say, like I, I'm a bit of a night owl, I think, though it might have changed in the, in, in the past couple of years. But uh, tr- traditionally, I was always alert at night and, you know, creative at night and that sort of stuff. Um, and the That's idea the other thing. that you have to be yeah. up at, at 9 a.m. to be like a, a permissible adult is is kind of crazy if that's not your biological clock. Yeah, absolutely. And I, like you said, I've, al- I've always felt that when I, when, I, when I was doing music especially, that's that's when I would be able to lock in. I wonder if it's a symptom of maybe just getting into a habit um, because of this work schedule that you're on or if there's something genetic involved as well. Because my grandma now, who's 85, lives by herself. She still goes to bed at 3 or 4 a.m. She's just up reading the fucking Bible and shit and, like, reading conspiracy theories. Um, (laughs) So we know it's genetic. (laughs) (laughs) all right but my dad's my dad does the same my dad wants when does she get up if she's going to bed at at three or four is she she, getting five hours and then getting up or what yeah she's because she's going to church every day jeez uh real early um yeah so it is it is biologically true that you need less sleep as you get older but yeah i i still wouldn't have thought that many of our grandparents are staying up till 4 a.m hmm yeah, well, it depends, depends if they're, um, yeah, if they're lost. Fending in... off evil spirits. Yeah, um, but my dad also, my dad, um, my dad once said to me something that I thought was so fucking funny. That because um, he he would always go, I'd always he'd always send me messages 
at like four or five a.m. or links to things. And I know I knew that he had to be up at eight for work every day at the latest. And I asked him like, "What? How are you doing this? How you're getting four hours sleep max? You just sent me a, a link to an article at four thirty. Oh, that was him before he'd gone to bed. That wasn't yeah. him getting up three hours before he needed to. That was him no, staying no, up. No. My, right. my dad still now goes to bed four or five a.m. And he said, when I asked him about this, he said, look, I go, I get four hours sleep, I feel like shit. <laughs> I get eight hours sleep, I wake up, I feel like shit. Might as well just get four hours sleep. <laughs> um, That's so interesting. So you think, I mean, he's not here, but you think he, he hasn't had a good night's sleep in like 30 years? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's had good nights, uh, the odd good night's sleep, but... He's definitely he definitely tends to wake up pretty early these days, and it always did really. Um, and he was also playing in bands, which he still does, which is maybe a contributing factor as well because he was always going since he was in his twenties. He's always playing gigs every Friday and Saturday, um, and that would be after a full day of school. So he'd be go he'd go to teach at school eight till five, and then he would go play in the band. Uh, from 7 to maybe 2 or 3 a.m. every Friday and Saturday night. And then he'd play golf in the morning. Jeez. Um, yeah, so it it sounds like he, the his interests and passions for other things meant he deprioritized the sleep, and that's just become his lifelong habit. Yeah, maybe you just get used to not having much sleep. Yeah, and, and, and perhaps as you've both found, and potentially all three of you with your grandmother, you just might have that biological ability to just push through it like you can function without it better than many others yeah have you ever been curious about these um you know you hear about like uh, maybe it was like michelangelo or da vinci or stuff they they'd sleep for you know intermittent kind of oh they do the one hour they do the three hours wake up at midnight do a bit of work go back to sleep yeah um i have been curious about that interestingly enough i've never really tried to do it and um, the reason for that's fairly straightforward, and it's why I'm I'm pretty regulated in my sleep habits, which is that my migraines get particularly. I'm more susceptible to them if I interrupt my sleep routine. So right. for my own health and pain-free existence, I try to keep a fairly consistent sleep time. Um, yeah, and. Uh, I could fuck around with that and see whether or not I feel good at, at you know, 2 a.m. if I woke up and and did something. Uh, but I, I, I don't think I could really um, do it as a long-term solution because I, I know that it would make my headaches worse. Yeah, it's probably best to let, like, some writer from Vice do it. Yeah, write exactly. a shitty article about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll I let... slept like Michelangelo for two weeks, and this is how I felt. You should actually pitch that. You should genuinely. You should. You should say, "I'm going to take on that challenge," and you should pitch it to like a junkie or something, and uh, try and get paid for yeah. it. Yeah, you gotta get those vice buzzwords in as well. What the other thing that's interesting about sleep is how it is connected to the sun and the moon. Um. And some, oh, it was the book that I was reading, um, the Pete Holmes book, and he was saying that he went to this meditation retreat where he didn't, he had to put away his phone and anything electronic, and they didn't have, they didn't have clocks. And 
he said he was amazed at how his body just fell into sync with the sun um sun dropping what's that word <laughs> i did not realize that the, the struggle you were having then was to work out what the sunset is the sun um, setting yeah <laughs> yeah that one and uh the sun rising and he was saying that he uh his the circadian rhythms were, just yeah yeah so it's yeah. got to be built into our dna you know at like a primal level at some because we've, yeah. we've been doing this surely for ages <laughs> yeah uh, sleep wasn't invented in the 1800s as a flight of fancy by some uh, rich <laughs> upper crust nobles. But um, I wonder, yeah. well, 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 I wonder if the invention of electricity had some effect on it. Would have had a gigantic effect on our on our biologies for sure. Absolutely, I'm sure there's um, there's been someone who's summarized it in a Wired article. But I'm, I'm sure that, as you say. Back in in pre-electric times, um, all of society operated by well, it's dark now, so that's basically it. Everyone, <laughs> go to bed, wait for yeah, the sun to do? come up. Well, you got well, yeah, you've, you've got fires, right, or gas lanterns. So you know, in the in Victorian times, you could still go to like a tavern and have a an ale, but um, y- yeah, you're ale. still very <laughs> limited. Um, yeah. But then you at do. a certain like, point, when you get electricity, all of a sudden you're able to temperature regulate. You can make spaces. Well, I suppose they had fire and that sort of stuff. But um, uh, light and and transport and, and, and entertainment and everything suddenly becomes way, way, way um, broader outside of daylight hours and everything. You, you, can, you can be productive into the night. Um, yeah. It would have had it would have had significant effects. Uh, shit would have been so fucking scary back then. <laughs> yeah, because everything's dark all the time. You're like, what's that? Everything would have what? been so scary. And also the fact that people would have just gotten away with heaps of shit. Yeah, because it was dark. Yeah. So oh, someone got murdered right in front of me, but I couldn't see their face. So I, I don't know. It was a guy, maybe. What did he look like? Oh, I sort of saw his face. He had a nose. He had uh, at least one eye. The other eye was in shadow. But I can say, I can say with pretty good confidence, he had at least one eye. <laughs> Does that help? Well, that narrows it down to four guys. <laughs> Everyone else in this town lost eyes in the industrial accident. <laughs> That's actually really helpful, sir. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> uh, one of the rare cases. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the uh, the law and order twist ending. Uh, <laughs> everyone in this town has no eyes. Um, in terms of your uh, your your sleep, as you said um, last episode, when you'd stopped drinking for July, um, you found that mm. your sleep was much better. Um, yeah. Uh, what was what was it? What was the comparison when you were drinking? Otherwise, were you getting up in the middle of the night to piss or was it more just like restlessness? Or No, it's just like a grogginess when I woke up uh, and an, 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 an alertedness. Um, so, I mean, this is not something I really thought about when I was drinking because I didn't really know anything different. But when I stopped drinking after about the 10-day mark, was realizing that I was waking up like pretty wide-eyed and ready to suck the day's dick as it were i also have had been doing this thing for a while 
which I it's a bit it's pretty damn goofy. Um, but something that I read said that you should when you get up, put your legs over the bed, and go yeah, and put your arms in the air like this. Yeah, <laughs> Emma fucking loves that. She hates it. She hates it. <laughs> I um, that was the the most Galifianakisy you've ever looked. Yeah. <laughs> And um, uh, furthermore, she hates she hates it especially when when um when she's had to get up after not having much sleep, and I get to stay in bed, and she'll be like, "Oh, I'm so tired," and I'm like, "Do the yeah thing." <laughs> that's, that's my advice. So, where did you what's what's the um, the concept behind it? It's like bringing enthusiasm and excitement and positive attitude. Yeah, it's making the first thing you do not check your phone. The first thing you do, uh, like a really, like a rush of positivity or energy thing, probably oh. bullshit, uh, but it feels fun to know, do it because nice. it always makes you laugh. <laughs> yeah. So you're starting your day with a good mood. It's it's like preventing yeah. the, oh, got up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. It's like, no, I got up on the right side and I greeted the world with enthusiasm and my arms in the air. Yeah. And I, I do think there is something to it, much like... Um, making your bed at the start of the day, there's something to, you know, if you just do one good thing at the start, you're more likely to build on it. Well, it's kind um, of a mindfulness kind of trick almost, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I th- I think we talked about it before, but uh, I read somewhere, like some army guy was like, make sure the first thing you do before you get um, out and have a shower or whatever, make your bed, do something that you feel positive about. And I started doing that and, Pretty much do it every day since. It's, Does Emma appreciate it when she's still in bed and you're just like tugging all the sheets away and <laughs> roll her out onto the floor? Yeah. Sorry, honey, uh, I've got to make this uh, for my own well-being. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, I think that um, it, it's nice. It's interesting to hear you're um, you, you've got a, a, a like a. A positivity routine that's that's a little bit surprising but also delightful and um, i'm glad that it's actually uh, working in a way well that's surprising also i don't do it every day no it's, it's just <laughs> sometimes i wake up i'm like no no <laughs> oh. fuck um it's surprising in the sense of and uh, I, I, this isn't loaded but like it, having having a degree of self discipline to do that regularly is um is is well, no, I, I wouldn't have thought that you and your very first waking moment uh in that sort of mind state to be like this is something I need to do. Look, I, I'll pay it, but I gotta say, honestly, that self discipline has I've uh, becoming increasingly more self disciplined. Yeah, I, I do believe that. Uh, like as a well, just um, kind of like with the Dry July thing, that I've found that um, the more that I, the more rules I impose on myself or the more like kind of discipline that I give myself, the better I, the better I feel Yeah. in general. And that's like, I'm probably a late bloomer in that regard. Um, and yeah. you've always been, well, you always seem quite self-disciplined. Yeah. I have found... Like that, that the more I've done that, the, the happier I've been. I mean, if if that is the case that I, I, sorry, it is the case that I have have had that degree of 
self-discipline for ages, but I don't think it was necessarily deliberate. I think it was probably a, um, uh, like a side effect of being in the closet. And it was just one of those sort of side effects where being aware of oneself and controlling one's behavior was sort of a survival mechanism. And so I just, I had that habit by necessity, not really by, um, consciousness, but not by conscious choice. I think I've talked previously about how being in the closet is a game of, uh, of management. It's like having a constantly running background process, like in a computer metaphor sense, uh, in your head where you're monitoring your behavior and your actions so that you don't give away any of those, uh, gay behaviors or thoughts or inclinations. Um, and as a degree of that, um, anxiety and self-awareness and control, you're constantly uh, setting rules for yourself and disciplining the way you behave and thinking about the things that you say and that sort of thing. So if if I do, and I, I did, um, have that degree of, I suppose, personal management, whatever you want to call it, rule, rule setting, it, it may have um, come from that area or complemented um, that if that makes sense. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think my parents are also that sort of mentality a bit as well. So I think it is probably a learned habit or a family habit as well. Um, But it it was certainly, yeah, it was reinforced, I think, by that necessity. Yeah, interesting. Um, In terms of the sleep, uh, just to go back to the medical sort of implications of it um i I found that list of of the things the implications uh fairly significant um again dumber forgetful unable to learn new things vulnerable to dementia more likely to die of a heart attack more likely to get sick more likely to get cancer makes you physically hurt more um disrupts creation of sex hormones premature aging and of course a more important one um smaller testicles um I mean that's a that's a fucking that's a list, right? <laughs> um, mm. I, 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 we all sort of intrinsically know the feeling of needing more sleep, right? We we all get through it. I I, I much like Emma, um, I'm not very functional. If I get less than eight hours sleep, I I will really feel it. Um, but so, what does that manifest? How does that manifest itself? Because it is is it like because. To be to be honest, I like I almost don't have a lot of sympathy for that because because I feel like people tell themselves like if I if I get up and I've had had five hours sleep, I'll just try and lie to myself all day. I will not like say I like I feel like people keep keep reinforcing throughout the day. They'll be like, oh, I've only had five hours sleep, or they tell someone, oh, I only sleep last night. Yeah. Uh- uh, yeah, I, I I I don't know whether that is probably a contributing factor for some people, but um, like I I can I can feel tired, and and uh, you know I I work from home, so there are days in which um, I can go until like the evening without actually having seen or spoken to someone, uh, so uh, yeah. I have no you know, office water cooler chat of like, hey, how you doing? Oh, feeling pretty tired today. I slept like crap. Um, so I, I think in an independent sort of sense, I can 
still experience those days as harder because yeah. of the lack of sleep. Um, and, you know, when we do the 48-hour film festival, for instance, like I'll only get six hours sleep or something like that um, for those those days of the um, of the shoot and everything. Um, and I will... Uh, I will know it and you know you can I can push through it um, I'm not incapable of getting by but I will feel it physically like I'll be clumsier I'll just be like dropping shit or bumping into shit I'll be slower yeah. like mentally um, and I can feel it harder to like come up with solutions or problem solve um, and I feel it in like alertness like responsiveness I, I like I'll tune out when people are speaking to me or like mm. miss it a turn if if I'm driving or something like that. Like I, I, I I'm self aware enough of my my normal faculties to be able to see the difference. Yeah, yeah. You've I've heard like SNL writers and stuff talk about like getting to a state of like delirium and like having you know kind of the wackiest or kind of best thoughts. Have you ever been in that kind of stratosphere? Uh, yeah, not, not super commonly and probably not at the delirium levels that an SNL writer would go through. Um, but there have been certainly times when, you know, I've been working a particularly long week and maybe we're on the road and, and each day has been like a 14 hour work day. And then you get there and you uh, like get to your motel or whatever, and you, you eat some food and then you need to start planning whatever the next day is going to be or, or keep on top of it all. And you just get silly. Like it just, it just becomes really ridiculous or um, funny and you're just unable to be productive. Um, yeah. And sometimes, sometimes from that, particularly when in, for instance, like a 48 hour film festival, when you are that crazy tired, you do end up with flashes of genius where it, <laughs> it just works when it shouldn't work. It's just the left field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would never, intentionally get myself there to try and like unlock creativity i think creativity is a a skill like any other and you can force yourself to find ways to be creative at any time of the day that was one of those things because i I mean coming off of the um working at the cinemas where i was as i said um finishing at midnight and sleeping until 10 or 11 the next day um going to work over here and suddenly getting into an office job where it was a a nine to five and you had to sort of be there by eight thirty in the morning. Um, that was a real, uh, and it was a different time zone to boot. That was a real like circadian rhythm destroyer. <laughs> and uh, I had to learn, um, I had to adapt body wise to that time zone, but also had to learn how to be able to come into work and sit at the office at nine o'clock and write a comedy script at nine in the morning when you haven't had your coffee yet and you're, you know, still half asleep because that's the job. Um, and I think that is something that you can force yourself to be able to do. So you kind of needed to learn to hit the ground running. Yeah. Or needed to learn how to press that button, which, you know, is the creative juice machine. Um, and so what did you do? What things did you have in place to switch it on? I, I don't I don't I don't have a technique um I suppose it, it was just a, a it was the necessity of the job which is I had a deadline and you've just got to have an idea by before a deadline um and then practice yeah. just having to do it over and over again 
um, and you just kind of got there. And I think uh, the downside of sort of going freelance now is that I, I've probably lost that a little bit. I, now, now that I'm used to the luxury of time and my own schedule, um, I think I think I've slipped back a little bit, and I'm not sure that if I was sat down and said at 9 a.m., "Hey, write a comedy script," that I'd be as good at it as as I had been or could have been. Yeah. Okay. Do you uh, have that ability to switch on your creativity? Because you talked about uh, you being a night owl and you'd be able to like get into the zone in the evening. Is that is that because that's the time that your body just works best or do you think that you actually just needed a runway to sort of get going and if you started early enough, you could get there at any point of the day? For music, it was different just because I think at night everyone was kind of asleep um, and... I mean, when I was doing my homework at school as well, I would always kind of wait till everyone went to bed and would do it really late. Because of distraction? Maybe, yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely at university, I, I, remember, I remember just always doing my essays until like 4 or 5 in the morning and not starting them till 11 <laughs> p.m. Yeah. Um, and then I would be able to focus, but before then, I, I don't know what it was because of. Probably... A distraction thing, um, but I, I don't know. Like some days, some days I feel really creative, and others I feel the opposite of creative. But right now, my barometer of creativity is um, is kind of like t- talking to myself. Some days, like I, yeah, to be honest, I use this podcast as some sort of I try to channel it it into this podcast somewhat in the form of um you know stories or like a bit or something like that um that I'll write down in my phone um and some days I feel like if it's usually when I've just been by myself the whole day and not spoken to anyone and um you know I'll just have I'll just be like walking around walking around the neighborhood or going to the shops and stuff and just like having conversations in my head like all day or trying to you know come up with funny things or it's not even trying to come up with things I'm just like thinking about things and trying to make them funny and for no particular purpose just to oh because uh, you've been creative me just because it amuses me um and so that's uh, but I, I don't I don't I haven't noticed any patterns as to when I've been you know to be honest well, sometimes when I'm really fucking hungover that's uh, it's like it's it's uh, it's on it's a um, a, a, lot of the a time, rich mine of of weirdness and brilliance <laughs> yeah brilliance <laughs> um, but especially interacting with people. I think it's because it's a little bit of like I don't give a fuckness. Yeah. Because I feel so shit. Um and I, I I remember that also when we were working at Wallace. I remember being hungover and being in that little um boulevard bar, whatever that was called. Mm-hmm. Boulevard Lounge. Oh <laughs> dude, you remember the Boulevard Lounge? Oh, do I ever. Fucking hell. Dude Michelle. <laughs> so hot. 
I went to her. We- oh, do you remember? Do you remember she went- <laughs> I forgot that you went to her wedding. <laughs> I went to her wedding because do you remember she used to come into the lounge and she'd be she'd always order the steak that was microwaved. Yeah, and she just loved the steak, and then she'd be like, "Can I have some of that a sauce, which was aioli?" Because she couldn't say aioli. have some of that a sauce, and then I'd be playing like my tunes, which were certified bangers. <laughs> Uh, and she'd be like, can you play that Enrique Iglesias song? And I'd have to play, I could be your hero, baby. And then her and Mark, her husband. You mean Patches. Would just Patch Adams, legally. Guys, <laughs> legally changed his name this, to Patch Adams. This sounds like a bit, but I promise, I promise, I swear in my heart, this is 100% true. He changed his names. Legally, I swear this is not a bit. He changed his name to Patch Adams. The, the, the cinema company, that which is a family-run business in Adelaide that Nick and I used to work for, they had a, an owner who was fucking mental. She was like kind of Michael Jackson-level mental. Like She was so out of <laughs> yeah. touch with reality. She started blowing money on diamonds in a cinema that did not need diamonds at all. And her husband... To, uh, to be fair, Swarovski crystals. They weren't diamonds. Yep, sorry. Her husband, um, who no one was really sure what he did, apart from come in all the time and order steak, um, legally changed his name to Patch Adams after watching movie Patch Adams. So we had to go from calling him Mark to Patch. To calling him Patch. <laughs> I know this is ridiculous, but it's 100% true. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely... In incredible, and then they would come into the lounge and they would say, "Can you play that hero song by Enrique Iglesias?" And I'd be like, oh. "And get me some more ASOS." So I'd play it, and then they'd go play it again, <laughs> and I'm like, "Again? There are other people here too. They'll love it just as much as we do." And then I, I, I literally played it like three or four times one night. They it was their like, again. Play. It was their heroine. <laughs> oh, hero, heroine. Mm. Oh, it all makes sense. What was I saying? Yeah. Uh, creativity. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that was that was just to say that I remember being hungover and being in the Boulevard Lounge right. and just killing it with the old fuddy-duddies when yeah. I was super hungover. Yeah. They love, they love a little bit of the raucous. Bit, a bit, bit, a bit sassy. I think. That's give them a bit of sass. Go yeah. up to an old person, give them some sass. They'll love you. Oh. They don't give two shits anymore. They're at a cinema eating a steak. Yeah. Give them some sass. They'll slap your ass. <laughs> um, tell me about your dreams, Michael. So last night I had a dream about my family. And I realized that every time that I've had a dream about my family... Or anything involving my family, it's always set at the the house that we used to live in. So the way we used to live in Adelaide in Wavell, and then my parents moved when I was twenty, and so they've been living there now for ten years. And have they really? Yeah. Wow. And I always dream about. Uh, like so, everyone will be like the, their current age, but it's always set at that 
at that house. And I thought that's interesting because I must have a subconscious idea of where home is, and that must be it. Yeah, that's where family lives. Yeah, so I thought that's possible. What what age were you when the first person moved out of that house? Were you the first person to move out of home? Uh, no, I think that was Ben. He didn't necessarily move out of house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there was uh, a there was a uh, a mutual decoupling, <laughs> a conscious uncoupling of conscious of, uncoupling of uh, yeah residents. <laughs> um. Uh, I think he was, I was probably, t- I think I was 22 when I moved out. Okay. Yeah. But so uh, how how old were you when he first left? Probably 20. When, when he moved out, he he moved out from that house, right? Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. So that would have been the last place that all of you as a family were living together, right? I mean, it, it sort of makes sense. Well, you're good. I didn't think about that. That'd you know be what? $500. Yeah. You know what's... Um, do you go to therapy? Apart, no. Apart from this. Yeah, I, this is my substitute. Um, no, I, I, I have been to... Uh, like, I suppose he was a therapist or a psychologist or counselor um i don't i don't know the professional distinctions really between them but um when i uh, had got back uh from japan and was having my heart problems and was having oh, yeah. um crazy anxiety and, and panic attacks i did go to um uh we'll call him a counselor for convenience um and and get uh techniques for dealing for, with the anxiety but i haven't been in like a prolonged um, therapy uh, relationship. Okay. Because I'm just, I'm just thinking. I kind of think it would be interesting. It would be super interesting, but part of me is like, you know, if if you start to get at issues, and then they suggest that, you know, one thing that you're doing now is connected to, you know, your relationship with your father, for for example. I'm just like, I think I would. Part of me just really wants to doubt that there is like I, I just can't believe that there is a, a connection between all these things i mean i'm sure there is but i just find it hard really hard to get my head around is this based around some straw man idea of what psychology and therapy is uh no well i mean i'm trying to think about it your 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 your, your assumption <laughs> Look, I'm not a therapist. It's just interesting that your assumption is that they're going to point to you and say, well, most of your problems are from your father. It's weird that that's the example that you pull out of what, of what a psychologist is going to say to you. And if I were a psychologist, maybe I'd draw conclusions about why that was the example you picked. Um, but <laughs> all that aside... You bog um, Bill, right? I don't know that... I don't know if that's... Um, I, I, your perception that that's what they're actually going to do or or uh, analyze or identify is that based on no, that was a hypothetical because it's just like a classic some expectation yeah but i'm just trying to think about like lately i've been trying to think about the types of traits that i have or maybe faults um in my personality or in my behavior 
that I have now that I wonder where they might stem from if um, I asked, if I spoke about it with a psychologist, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, my relationship with women and or, um, you know, if I'm lying and stuff, you know, where, where that all comes from. But I, I think that there would be definitely people who would analyze that independent of of history uh, or at least be able to or, or p- part of the choice or part of the um, purpose would be for you to accept some degree of responsibility for those choices independent of whatever might have initiated them um, so I, I think that regardless of what origins some of these things have and I don't know how much you can properly ascribe true you know points of creation for some of these things um i think the purpose is really in the present and in 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 your like day-to-day life um and identifying those worries or behaviors and helping you with them in a present tense sure um i totally agree with you um and yeah the only thing that you can do is um just take responsibility for everything that you're you're doing or realizing in yourself and then trying to be as self-aware as you possibly can but then also you know if you look at like sex offenders and mm, this might be a made-up statistic but it seems right um that (laughs) always good when talking about something that's happy i'm just gonna guess this fact (laughs) Um, i'm gonna guess this and call it fact (laughs) call it fact but the majority and this is my guess fact the majority of sex offenders have had sexual abuse done to them i think that is actually yeah uh, I, i don't know if it's majority but i think i think there is actual data there so that's interesting how that you know, evolves in a person like how you can be abused as a child. And then that is so scarring and so traumatic Formative. for your brain yeah. when you when it's forming that it invo- it, that it that it evolves into this uh it, this desire for you to commit the same act on someone else. Yeah. Which is fascinating like you'd almost think it's counterintuitive. Um, and, but that, that just goes to show how, how events in your childhood or in your formative years, you know, like your mother maybe leaving or, um, you know, how, how your, what your relationship with your father is like as a young child, were they strict or were they, you know, whatever, how that can, affect who you are in in your adult life it just seems like a massive totally. leap but like with a lot of things it's this is like a gradual progression it's there. yeah there's there's a big gap between then and now but of course every step along the way was incremental it was it was not sure. big leaps it was yeah. it was development um and of course it does bear say um stating that um of course, not everyone who was abused becomes an abuser and, and, and that sort of thing. But that, you know, as, as we said, I think there is uh, definitely evidence of that sort of cycle, cycle of abuse, uh, definitely. Mm. Um, have you had any interesting but, dreams lately? Or uh, re- have, I had have any, you had any recurring dreams? Do you re- have recurring dreams? I don't. 
honestly, I don't really have dreams that often. I think most of the time I, I'm um, fairly uh, like out of it um, I, because I sleep pretty solidly. I just kind of I sleep, sleep. Um, I did have one the other night that uh, I was at a school assembly and my mum was up on stage and she uh, you were younger. insisted that I come up. Yeah, I was at school. And she insisted that I come up and dance. And so I had to dance with my mum in front of all the school and it was really embarrassing. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I remember that. Um, but I did I did wake up and, and immediately go, that was a weird dream. <laughs> <laughs> Is it true that the dreams that you remember... Uh, like a cup, they only happen in a couple of seconds before you wake up. I don't know. That's true. Like your your dreams actually only last for the few seconds. You're having like millions of dreams all night. Yeah. Yeah. That fucks me up. Yeah. You're probably right. I don't know how they measure that. How do you know when you had it started to have that dream? Yeah. I don't know how you, yeah. I suppose they're like, depending on what, like if you're having sex dream, one part of your brain will light up in a different way. And maybe if you have like a nightmare, like the fear center will light up. So maybe you can have, you can analyze what part of the brains are active and, and then sort of try and allocate that to the narrative of the dream that they remember. But it, it seems doesn't really explain like outside events, you know, external events affecting people's dreams, which they do all the time. Like. You know, if you're pissing the bed, loud noises getting, yeah, flooded. Yeah, I I don't know what the uh, what the what the science of dreams is. I I mean, I I tend to think that, as we know, we we've just established all of the medical um, incentives to have a good night's sleep, and I tend to believe, and I I think there is some degree of um, literature on it that suggests that dreams are the subconscious brain's way of. Uh, learning, uh, practicing, dealing with trauma, um, uh, processing effectively whatever the conscious brain has been going through, um, and I think that makes rational sense that it's the it's the defrag process for your your brain computer. Yeah, it has to have a purpose. It, like it couldn't, it wouldn't happen biologically without some sort of purpose, right? Yeah, they're just they're just so mysterious. Well, so it is really brain. interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Like, when you think about it from that angle, that, that, that at a certain point, as creatures, we evolved dreams, right? Like, isn't that wild? Yeah, it's fucking weird. But dogs dream. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, a- animals, they got to a point where the brain was powerful enough or complex enough to process stuff while they were out you know like i don't think a bird dreams yeah right you, you never see like a bird twitching around under the cage like pretending to flutter its wings and stuff right it's it's either awake or it's yeah. not and like a fish isn't dreaming it's you know at a certain point our brains got there and he it just would have been so crazy yeah um <clears throat> I do like the idea of a bird dreaming, though, to be honest. What do you think it dreams about? Cats. Probably is. It's probably just all, like, little um, reflections of fight and flight, fight or flight stuff. Yeah. 
It's like that's they just dream about their beak falling out. <laughs> that's you're saying that's a com- that's a common dream for humans having the teeth. I've common dream. You never had that. I don't. I would like to have a recurring dream, but maybe that just means I'm got my shit together that I've never had one. No? Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Michael, I think it's well overdue that it's time for impression of the week. Oh, such a good gosh. jingle! <laughs> you know, that's on our greatest. We hits, really started sure. upping our jingle game. Yeah. And um, I think that's up there in in its elegant simplicity. Yeah, low production value, uh, acapella yeah, and, uh, always, pitch perfect delivery, <laughs> always, <laughs> and and solo, yeah. just a solo acapella. Um, impression of the week. Have you got anything? Um, I've always got a bunch, but um, why don't you? Uh, why don't we? Why don't we mix it up and you can. You can you can shuffle. You can press shuffle on this okay. iPod. You you're ready, so you're just gonna wing it. I'm gonna wing it. This is give um, me a, this is classic. Give me celebrity. We're, we're modeling after your hero, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> My hero. Kind of think he sucks. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, he's um, he's he's lost some appeal. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. You so what? What do so you want? A, 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 celebrity. A setting, celebrity, a s- and a scenario, and I'll just whip something up. Okay. And let's be very careful here because we know how accidentally racist, or you could you perceive my sub accents to be racist or whatever. Don't qualify it like that. Yeah. So let's. We don't need to it. revisit Madam Psychic or whatever the fuck <laughs> her name was. Um, <laughs> oh uh, yeah, I forgot about her. Anyhow, let's not revisit it. Sure. <laughs> Mama um, okay. Juju? Mama Juju. Mama Juju. Fuck. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Already. The hot flashes. Um, okay. Uh, celebrity and setting. Uh, okay. Anna Kendrick is working at a subway. Subway sandwiches. Subway sandwiches. Okay. All right. Wait, just give me a couple of seconds. Okay. Anna Kendrick is a sandwich artist and Subway. Who's next? I'm going to go high. Uh, foot long or a six inch? Great. <laughs> Um, can I get you fresh? I love fresh. Fresh sandwiches are the best. Toasted? And what salads are you having? Jalapenos? I like spicy jalapenos. That's surprisingly fucking good. Who oh was God. it? Are you joking? Yeah, it was. I I was there. I felt like I was getting jalapenos. Wow. I felt I felt Anna's enthusiasm for the job. Wow. Uh, I was. I'm genuinely. She'd crush it quite impressed she'd bring a lot of enthusiasm she would crush it she, she's a type a personality i think she was too like more girly thing but you know it's, uh, notes yeah, for myself you know. notes for myself yeah you just listen back to this segment um just write down what you liked and didn't like and and you'll make it make it better next time <laughs> yeah next time someone says hey 
you go to Kendrick at a sandwich shop, you'd be like, do I? <laughs> do I ever? <laughs> <laughs> if you've enjoyed this kind of thing, well, I got some uh, terrific news. What's that? All of this is just one small taste of a great body of what I like to think of as the Marvel Cinematic Universe equivalent in the podcast realm. The uh, the d- deep the deep universe. It's a deep universe, and you could you could you really need to listen to all 120 episodes to get the full picture. Um, and we never know all. when it will end. <laughs> it's endless. <laughs> And um, we've cycled through a lot of uh, lesser characters. Um, Deepfort.podbean.com for all of them. Facebook.com, and then just type the words Deep Fort into your search bar. Head onto the iTunes page, rate us five stars, and leave a review. Tell us what you like and don't like. We won't read it. And Twitter.com forward slash Deep Fort. You get a notification when those episodes go live. Love notifications. Nothing like a ding on that phone. Is this Instagram light? You don't, you're not really on Instagram, are you? I don't really use it that much. Why not? It's it's just it's just a thirst trap for pictures of naked men. <laughs> yeah, but we've all been there. We've all been there. Um, you got a uh, you got a um uh, 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 a story to wrap quick, us up. Quick story. Um, I'm not sure not sure how funny it is. But I, I found it funny. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> it's regardless of what it is, gonna be better than last week. It's fine. What was last week? Remember how we spent a, oh, a solid yeah. twelve minutes trying to think of a joke? No, I thought it was funny how you edited it. Oh, I'm glad. Thank you. What Thank happened? You. Um, we just played Medaffodils to get out. <laughs> oh yeah, that's probably why I liked it. My ego liked it. Um, <laughs> yeah, stroked your ego. So um, it, I was, I, I finished work um, pretty late last week and uh, I was really hungry, hadn't had anything to eat in hours and the only thing open was, or nearby was McDonald's and so I thought I'd go in for a, I'll get a shake and, a, and some fries and when I went, when I, I was listening to a, a podcast as I walked there and out the front. I'm sorry, can I just can I just ask one question? Yeah, just, it's a tangent, but yeah. I'm just I'm just curious. What uh, 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 what fat do uh, McDonald's cook their fries in? Is it vegetarian? Is it uh, vegetable oil? I don't know. Or is it meat and lard? It's probably something horrendous. Yeah. Okay. I just I wasn't sure. Yeah. If you knew. I think probably the thick shake's probably more problematic in that. <laughs> That's actually very true. If it's made with soft serve. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and as I was as I was walking into McDonald's, there's a homeless guy out the front, and I heard him mouth something to me, and so I took out my headphones, and he said, "Have you got any change?" And I looked at my wallet, didn't have any change. I said, uh, "Don't literally don't have any money, but can I buy you something to eat?" And he said, "Without without without missing a beat, two apple pies." <laughs> and I kind of just laughed, like I just 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 then it was like I was I thought it was funny. I just went <laughs> and uh, and then he saw me laugh and looked over, looked up to this bag next to him at McDonald's, and he says, "Someone's already bought me. Someone's already bought me dinner." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Okay, yeah, just getting yeah, yeah. 
man wants his sweets. You hey, know, I get it. Yeah, it's dessert time. So I, so I bought, so I bought him. I, went, I bought him two apple pies. Um, did you buy yourself an apple pie? No, I never thought to. I, I didn't even know McDonald's did apple pies. Are they good? It's probably not. I, <laughs> I don't know why you're asking me. I just thought, you know, at a certain point, once you're bulk buying desserts for people, <laughs> yeah. you, you throw one in for yourself. Yeah, but no. Yeah, two. Two. <laughs> two apple pies. He was it's waiting like, for like He saying, was waiting for something else. It's like, it's like, um, it's like, oh, uh, what would you like for dessert, sir? Um, uh, I'll have the cupcakes, please. Oh, one cupcake? No, two cupcakes. Please bring me, please bring me two cupcakes yeah. and two tiramisu's. He's got it all planned out. I did feel a bit bad, or like, who am I to? Like, I did. I was like, why am I finding that funny? Bad for like, laughing. Um, in my head, it's it's a bit of a like an arrogant thing to be like, huh? Uh, okay, you want two apple pies? Do you like? I don't give a fuck what he wants. <laughs> you thought the homeless man crouched out the front of a McDonald's at two a.m. was being a little bit? No, arrogant. no, no. I thought I was being arrogant in laughing. Oh, you thought you were being arrogant? Yeah, I okay. thought I thought sure. I shouldn't be laughing because because in my that thought that I, that I'm laughing at is. Oh, beggars can beggars can be choosers. Then can they? Can they? <laughs> Literally, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but then the other thing that happened while I was there eating my chips was I heard some guy. <laughs> this is two a.m. By the way, I heard some guy. I heard some guy come in and get asked again by the homeless guy if they had any change, and the guy goes, "Oh, sorry, mate, but uh, you stay warm tonight, okay?" And I'm thinking, "Oh, fuck! Like, what a shitty thing to say." And then the guy goes straight to the counter and he goes, "You guys still doing? You guys still doing soft serves?" And he ordered five soft serves, five at soft two a.m. in a cone, in a cone, and was like, "I'm not giving this guy." The guy just immediately said, "No, nah, don't have anything for you. Stay warm." Like he's racing off to well, get his to fucking soft him, serves. If he if he's only buying ice cream, that's not going to help this guy stay warm. So it's not actually going to solve his problem. He needed those apple pies, which you'd already provided. I mean, the the most likely answer is that he just didn't want to give the guy money. Yeah, it's 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 a weird thing. It's a weird thing that people just ignore homeless people on the street. Like it's pretty. It's I, so I, fucking hard. I to must ignore. admit that I I I have a tendency to to. We all do. We all do. look away. We all do. Yeah. But it's it's a pretty remarkable thing that we all know that. We could, we, I feel like everyone, almost everyone, walking past is knowing that it's shit or they can they feel it because they see the person there and they see them, you know, they, they know what that would be like and they know it would be horrible and they know that if they were in that position, I, I've thought that if I was in that position, I would just be astounded that people would, can just walk past me knowing that I'm going to sleep in the cold all night. But yeah, I, I walk yeah. past homeless people all the time. But it's it's just like a it's a weird thing that the brain just like. Pfft. Yeah, there's a uh, there there are so many like thoughts about it as you're going past it. Like part of it is embarrassment for yourself, totally. embarrassment for them, uh, cynicism about like oh what are you going to do with the money anyway, and then like some some. Um, uh, sort of un- like fear almost or uncertainty like what's it actually going to be like to speak to this person well, yeah. what if they're crazy what if they're on drugs yeah. um you know unpredictable um 
it, there's a whole sort of gamut of emotions and it, it is kind of that situation where um when faced with those uncertainties the the human mind's tendency is to like avoid confrontation yeah. um so you do have to overcome that and and remember humanity when you do you know give stuff to people and i i, I actually as i speak this through uh, i i will commonly walk past a homeless person but if someone comes up to me and says like standing and he walks up to me and says oh mate have you got two bucks to, i need to catch the bus I, I i will almost always give them that cash yeah. if they've come up to me and i don't know if that's just because now i'm engaged in a conversation with them yeah. and I, that's easier a human to me yeah. and and i'm quote unquote backed into a corner but I don't know what it is psychologically about that process, but when when it's actually come down to me already being in that moment, I will give them cash without really any thought to it. I I also saw saw a woman the other day that was that had like sat down with a homeless person, so she was dressed quite nice and she was sitting down talking to them. And this was like quite a busy street, and I I had the thought like she'd obviously given the money and something and was like uh, like talk to me about like what's going on and my first thought was like oh come off it like it, this is a bit of a <laughs> bit of a play here like virtue a, a performance yeah that was my first one. i was like oh get, fuck off <laughs> but so i'm having these two conflicting ideas about not yeah. homeless I bet you, yeah, I bet you it'd be so shitty to be in that position and, and seeing everyone walk past and then someone stops and like speaks to me. Oh, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Get out out of here. What do you think you're playing at? You think God, you're it would be so terrible me. to be those homeless people. Get <laughs> off. What are you doing? You've already given the money. Keep it moving. Find another homeless man and buy him an apple pie. <laughs> 